Shut up and sit down. This is the Muscle and the Hustle Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another Muscle and the Hustle Podcast. Today's podcast, we got a very special guest. Once again, people's been hitting us up. I think actually Tony got hit up with this one, and I got hit up with this one even before the podcast launched. Was Everybody was asking, or everybody was telling, get Paul Hughes, get Paul Hughes on the podcast. The guy's an absolute firework. He's the best thing in Northern Ireland MMA. And so here, Paul, welcome to the podcast. Um, so how's it yeah, going? Sir, thanks for having me. Life's good, man. Enjoying the sun today. You know what I mean? 23 degrees. Not often we get days like this. So I've been in it all day. I'm, I'm finally back to the house now. Good stuff. Good stuff. I see Tony was out all day in the sun. He's just after putting on a t-shirt for the first time today. He says he didn't want you fat shaming him. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. I didn't want that I was nervous and I was like fuck I better cover up here but it doesn't help to hit. you can't really see too bad but fuck I am a tomato here broke <laughs> I'm the same lad it I is just go red uh, crispy maybe that's why my face looks about 35 or so but I don't know maybe <laughs> some fact that 50 would definitely do the job look no, uh, them sunbeds you're out there <laughs> <laughs> uh, look we'll dive straight in I probably like I would want to be a bit of a background. So can you fill me in on how you got into like MMA? Because it's not your normal sort of your 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 dad, your mum brings you down. To, do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a different sport. So even if you want to fill us in on how you got into it. Uh, it's your mum and dad brings you away from it. That's the day yeah. when you start. <laughs> um, no, man, I was I was always involved in sport. Like was heavily involved in ga and played. Just that was, that was my life, really. Like I was I was just as obsessed with ga than I am with MMA now, really. Um, but I started. I was 15. There was a local gym in Castle Dawson and Derry had, had opened up. Went down, done a few beginners classes, and about a month later, was just absolutely hooked. And GAA didn't go fully out the window straight away. I was still, I was still very involved. Like as I said, it was, it was my life. And as you, as you know about the GAA, like it's very community based, and, yeah. and my sort of family was very, very in that. But as I said, after about a month, I was just hooked on MMA and just could not get it out of my head and about maybe nine to ten months later I had my first fight and the rest is history yeah it was all pretty quick um so you said it, you made like you made your professional debut at 19 was yes that, sir and that was at the SSE uh, not many people get to do that like not many people get to make a no. professional debut in the biggest the biggest arena in in our well biggest arena in northern second biggest in Ireland probably Definitely a very renowned venue, and to make it on the on at the time the biggest show in Europe. Yeah, uh, Bama would have been the biggest show right right then, and it just everyone it's sort of the stars aligned for that one. I wasn't intending to turn pro until I actually wanted to go compete at the World Championships, the Amateur World Championships, which was starting to really kick off around that time. Like a, it was a really good thing to win, especially if you're setting yourself up for your pro career. Yeah, and I sort of had that as my goal. Like I, I could have went, I, like I was considering turning pro. I could have definitely could have, but then I thought, I, I want to be a world champion in the amateur as well as pro. So I thought I'll get after that, 
And then it just so happened that about a week and a half to two weeks before the show in the SSE, actually a couple of my teammates were fighting on it. I was helping them prepare. And there was a pullout at my weight. And my coach just pulled me aside at the gym and just said, look, the opportunity's there. Like, I, I, I know the opponent. I know you've got the beating of them. I know you're not, I know you're young, but I think you're ready to make that step. And my coach, shout out, shout out to, uh, Davey Patterson, my, my, uh, old coach. He, he's an absolute veteran. He, a veteran of the game. And he doesn't often give like that sort of like praise or, or, yeah. Like he's very, very old school, put it like that. And, and he just said, I know you're ready. And that sort of gave me all the confidence I needed then to go in and, and show what I can do. And a week and a half later, I went in and done that and had, had a, couldn't have had a better performance, to be honest. Went, went viral, went, went everything. Yeah, the flying, was it a flying knee? And then you finished him with the, with the hands, wasn't it? I can't remember. Flying knee, dropped him, and then just finished him off with strikes about 90 seconds in the first round. Yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember actually, I think when I watched your last fight in March, I think I seen they must have showed a highlight of it somewhere or somewhere on Facebook that week, and I remember thinking about it. Fucking hell! Just such a such a such a start to to a career that you, you know, as you said, the stars aligned. You couldn't ask for better than that. Like you, it's it's because uh, I I would follow I would follow a bit of amateur, and. Uh, just from you know, you you just keep kind of get sucked into the amateur level. You go to the odd thing, and I remember, I remember the first time I came across you. I think was the the Richie Smullen fight. Mm-hmm. That was, I think that was, ever since that fight for you, I think that lit a fire, like a total different fire, and just set you off from then onwards. Just it seemed like you realized that you had another gear. And the gear was there, and you just went fuck it, and you were just it. Just it just was if you went, you exploded. Instead of some people, when they get a bit of adversity, kind of drops back a wee bit, and they they take time to think about it. Whereas you just like you catapulted yourself. Yeah, well, definitely. Like losing, losing is the best thing. One of the best things that can happen to you, especially in MMA. Like, and that that as you say, like I sort of. After, after that loss, I really, really, like, it hit home with me. Do you know what I mean? I learned, first of all, I was so pissed off that I, I was just back in the gym straight away. Yeah. But there's nothing drives you on more than a loss. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was early. That was maybe midway through my amateur career. Since that fight, I, I didn't lose. I haven't lost. Yeah, I haven't lost. No. And I, I, I just learned so much from that. And it's there's, no, there's nothing wrong with losing an MMA. Like, no. definitely not. Luckily... Not luckily enough, but I haven't lost once in pro, and I sort of hope to maintain that. Oh, you're not planning to lose anytime soon. Definitely not. Um, I th- I think sooner you dive in that though as well. It's like I hadn't actually seen all the fights, but sooner Mickey was sent me them and going like, go to this clip, go to that. Like I would have seen wee bits and pieces before, but do you know what there is, which is really good. There's always a spark in your fight. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, it's he versus some of them, and this is this isn't that. Like fuck me, I couldn't go near the the cage or anything like that. Jesus Christ! But a case of like some of them are not tough to watch, but they're slow. Whereas that's fucking like as Mickey said, perfect words like a firework. It's fucking like I was. Somebody said earlier they didn't they hadn't heard of you, and I was like, look here, I'll show you a few clips, and they're like, holy fuck! Do you know, like if anybody looks up YouTube, they're like, Jesus Christ! 
especially yeah. your age too, which is really, really nice. And I think if you want like a, attention, like whenever you're, you're moving up the ranks and obviously that is what you want. Like you need some mm. sort of level of like people interested, not only just in the fighting, but you as a person, I think people invest in that, you know, rather than just. Yeah. Well, that's how the game is now. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not it's not enough to just be good at fighting anymore. You gotta have your branding on point, your marketing on point. You get you gotta have you gotta have it all. Do you know what I mean? You you have to have the it factor as well, and that's something that I definitely do think I have. Like I come every single time, every fight that I have, I come to fight as as soon as that fucking bell goes. Like I I just have this stance where my hands on the cage, I'm kneeling down low, I'm staring at my opponent. And as soon as the rest says go, it's just like perform. Do you know what I mean? That's what that's what I visualize. I visualize myself in that position, like going going through all the hard weeks and hard weeks of training. It doesn't matter unless you can put it on in game day. And that's I like to see myself as a game day player, like one hundred percent a game day player. And because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. All that ma- all that matters is when you're in that cage when people are watching. It doesn't matter what you're doing. In your weeks leading up to it, so I just try to make it as entertaining as possible. Yeah, the I was listening to a thing today. Who was it? Was it? Joe Rogan was talking about um, Mike Tyson. He was saying that Mike Tyson said in an interview to him that he would be so nervous before fights. He'd be nervous right walking into the ring. As soon as he went through the ropes, like a, a switch went in his head, and he mm-hmm. just thought he was a god. He goes, I'm a god now. This is, like, outside of the ring, I'll struggle. I'll struggle through life. I'll do stupid shit. But when he was in the zone, when he was in the ring, he was like, I'm a god. Like, it just switched. That yeah. people never never got the nerves of him. They never realized that even he would even think that way. It was just yeah. Mike Tyson. He's the most scariest man that's ever walked the earth. Yeah. But well, I, I can relate to that in a way. Like, I, I know what he's talking about there because, personally, like, of course, I've I've had nerves and everything like that, especially amateur. Like whenever you're first doing it, but there's there's just this point where, as you said, Mike Tyson, he's he's nervous, but when he gets in the ring, he's he's God. And I I sort of try at the end of the day, all he's doing there, it's 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 just so so simple. It's just sports psychology one on one. Like what causes failure in sports, especially at at high level, where there's it's just such fine 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 details make a difference is the elimination of doubt from your mind it's it's pretty damn simple so I'm I'm sort of in the same wavelength it's, except for me it's whatever my walkout music comes on it's like all I'm thinking in my head and even, even in the warm up actually and it sounds so egotistical but all I'm thinking is I am the man like yeah. this, this guy has not touched me I'm the fucking man and I've done all the work to put me here and and there's just no stopping me. It's it is quite like as I say an egotistical thing, but that's all I'm doing there is putting myself in the frame of mind that I have no doubt that I'm going to win. And removal of doubt from your mind is everything. You you see people walk into the ring and getting into the ring, and you can see the doubt in their mind. Yeah. Even even in rounds, in between rounds, in between exchanges. Whereas for me, I think that's something that that distinguishes me from anyone else. To be honest, is 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 being able to flick that switch. I don't if if you watch any of my walkouts or especially in my pro career, like you can there's sometimes you can tell when someone's acting that that they're sweet. But I just know when when they hit that switch and whenever as I say my walkout music comes on, it's just like 
I'm the fucking man and this guy's not stopping me. So I can sort of, I know where he's coming from there. Yeah, like the, the you need a level of certainty because if you're like, for example, if you have any self doubt, it's going to show just like you said. And I think that is something that is, is hard to get, like being fully certain of your ability that you can go in and do the job. It's just like yeah. a golfer, like some choke that's simple as some have great ability, but it is, as you said, on game day that's so, so important. I think whenever you touched on like your training, like I'm sure some people are deadly interested, like how much do you actually train? Because it's something I would be sort of wondering as well. Is it. Th- Two days? Is it technique in the morning? So it's basically it's it's six days a week, twice a day. Like that's like what your average, what my average sort of training would be. Obviously, like even even when I'm not in fight camp or per se fight camp, I'm always sort of in fight camp. But even when it's not leading up to a fight, for example, now, for example, since lockdown has been on, I've still been doing that. I've still been training twice a day, six days a week. That's just a normal thing for me. So whenever it gets to maybe four weeks out, four weeks out, five weeks out, it can change a little bit in a sense that I may have two extra technique sessions one day and going lighter because the next day I've got a hard spar and maybe that's the only training I want to do because I want to be fresh for it. But basically it's it's six days a week, twice a day. And them them sessions are they're varying. Do you know what I mean? It just, just depends. You got to know your body as well. And it's, it's something that I, I feel I'm getting better at. Um, some day, some days there's I, I could be on the mat for maybe five to six hours, but that could be at maybe sixty to seventy percent. You know what I mean? And then the other days, it's I've got my hard spars that night. I'm doing a light jog that morning, and I'm just resting, coaching all day. And then when it's nighttime, it's it's game day almost, sparring day. So, yeah, that's mad. It's uh, people. As Tony said, a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't understand that if you to go into even the ring in a way, uh, uh, well, MMA to, to a bigger point, you're literally if you don't prepare, you don't train adequately, you don't you know you don't eat adequately, you're putting yourself in a lot of danger. People don't realize absolutely, that, especially um, with the dehydration thing, and you no know, people cutting weight. If you don't do it correctly. They, they, there's studies showing that the, if you're dehydrated, Joe, you're more susceptible to, to brain injuries. You're more susceptible to knockouts. You know, people don't realise that there's uh, catastrophic consequences for people going into fights ill-prepared. Remember, like it's, it's like the one foot in. You can tell when the fighters are close to retiring, when they're not fully invested. You know, and it's sad to see sometimes like some of the older boys, especially even in the UFC, like you get, you can get that feeling with cowboy sometimes now that he's just doing it for the money now. He's not doing it for anything else, and it's it's sort of sad to see that you know you're putting yourself under you know an awful lot of pressure and you're taking damage to go out. Yeah. You know, to go out and do something he's probably fallen out of love with for for the wrong reasons. Exactly. It's like you have to be in, in MMA. It's it's simple. You're all in or you're all out, and I I fully fully believe that with all my heart. Because it's just not a sport that it's just a sport you have to be all in in. Because every single aspect of your life when you're competing has to be centered around your fighting. Like it's not fucking we're not playing tig. Do you know what I mean? There's serious, serious, <laughs> there's serious brain damage can can be caused like from fighting too much, fighting guys that are too good for you. Like as you said about weight cutting, not preparing correctly, not training correctly. So you're say you're gassing in a fight and you're taking twice the head trauma as you normally would. 
Like it, it, you just have to be all in in this sport. And whenever the time, when, for example, look what what Henry Cejudo done. Yeah. Just defended his belt again and retired. Yeah. And was like, I'm going out on top. Olympic world champion, double UFC champion. Defend, defended the belts. Like that's exactly how it's supposed to be done, in my opinion. And that's that's what I'll be doing. I'll be I'll be going out on top for sure. Yeah. But then again, you're saying about cowboy, like. You also got to look at it his, from his perspective. It's easy me saying that, yeah. but if you think about what Cowboys getting paid for a fight, yeah. you're talking maybe sponsors and everything they're included. You're talking maybe, I'd say at least a quarter of a million US. Yeah. So like for Cowboy to go in there and sort of maybe win two, lose one, like do that yeah. for a couple of years. Think about how much more money he's made. Like, yeah, he definitely spends it too. Like, he doesn't as well. He doesn't have a cheap lifestyle. That's, yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about MMA. Unfortunately, there's not as much money no, in no. high level as there is in boxing. Whereas, like McGregor, for example, like he could retire. He got the big money fights, but someone like Cowboy still hasn't made that money. No. And that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, it is but sad I, I sometimes think... when you read it and the when they disclose the payments. You're looking at some of the fighters mm-hmm. that's been twenty fights deep, and you're like, they're still getting paid sixty k, seventy k, and you're just like, fucking hell! Like it's how much does a camp it's cost? Fucking, uh, that's that's depressing. Looking at looking at fighters' pay sometimes, like you're looking at some guys that are, for example, fighting that first UFC that came back there, like the Gaethje and Ferguson, yeah, and they're making twelve k, twelve k US, yeah. and like twelve k US with your taxes your coaching fees your your camp fees you're literally not making any money like that's a, a such a such an important thing for me and one of my main goals before getting to the UFC is making sure that I have a brand and a big, a big enough following what, so I can start on the UFC not on the fucking lowest pay grade yeah. that's that's like a number one goal for me before I get there because Obviously, it doubles after three to five fights. So, like, you start off making 10K, you win three to four fights, you're making 20K. Like, you're still making buttons. Like, yeah. and it's sort of a depressing thing to talk about. It's probably people don't really understand that about MMA, is how, how little money there can be in it, especially now. Like, as of now, like, like for example, Cage Warriors, the, the promotion I'm signed to, best promotion in Europe. By, by an absolute mile one of the best in the world and the platform is undeniable it, it, it puts fighters to the UFC but they just don't have the financial backing to be paying fighters loads of money so most of their fighters still have to work you know what I mean it's not it's not all fucking what you see and fucking knockouts and all this shit like it's still an absolute grind to get there like. definitely yeah I think I think that's dead interesting because the first thing I would think is professional fighter making really good coins. Straight off the bat, people think professional sports person, big, big money. People will assume that. Like, I would even yeah. slightly assume that. So I, I think that's very interesting because it shows that you need to have, as we were talking about earlier, that, that like, self-certainty about, like, where you're going and where you want to end up. And I think, just as you touched on there, is that, like, the big, what is the big goal? Like, where do you where do you see yourself in a couple of years? Like, that's, that's, that's probably what people are wondering. Like, where do you think you'll be, Joe? I'm the sure goal is, the goal is legacy. Do you know I mean that that's number one? I, I'm going to be the, the Cage Warriors featherweight champion. Within I was I was hoping to do it 
at the end of this year, starting next year. But obviously, this COVID shit has, has messed things up. They actually had a couple of shows planned here for Belfast, which would have been absolutely perfect. You know, made for skyrocketing me to that. But I definitely will be the Cage Warriors featherweight champion in the next two years. That was a belt that McGregor previously won. Yeah. And then within the next, say, definitely before I'm 30, UFC featherweight champion as well. Like, I, that's, that's the two goals. And that's, as I said, no, no doubt in my mind that I'll get there. It's elimination of doubt, as I said, about fight day. It's the same as your everyday life. I don't have a doubt that I'll get there. You know I mean, I've, I've trained with the best in the world. I've trained with the current. UFC champion Alex Volkanovski have trained with past high-level UFC fighters in different places around the world, and I know my level, and I I, I know how good I am, and that's it. That yeah. there's the two goals, and of course the financial success that comes with that. I want to I want to set myself up for life. At the end of the day, like I'm not I don't want to be broke. Fucking I don't want to be broke. Yeah. Do you know what I mean I want to make I want to make millions. I don't want to set my family up for life. I want to take my man dad fucking want them to retire comfortably and I want to have as McGregor said my kids kids looked after but that's that's firmly what I'm going after here I'm not in this to fuck around see I really rate that because I think a lot of people don't have that sort of confidence and that sort of makes you makes you stand out like for example it's not if it's going to happen it's just when yeah like, and I, that's I, the thing and, and it takes balls to, to say that and like that's why I really respect even some people like for example some fighters like like Colby Covington, like people think are, are so outlandish and, and absolute head cases. But in a sense, I, res- I respect what they're doing because, for example, someone like Colby Covington, like he was going to get cut from the UFC after not losing any fights. He yeah. won like four or five fights, but they were going to cut him because they thought he was bored. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then he just started coming out because he was, he was great. And he just started coming out and saying, look, I'm the shit. I'm going to fight anyone. And, and look what it's done for him. I respect when people are sort of saying exactly what they're going to do because it takes balls to do it and then they and then they do it yeah that's that's kind of you know you need a lot of people would give mcgregor sometimes give him shit for saying stuff like he done the he done the goat thing on twitter last week but like everybody knows the reason he done the goat thing is because he had nothing really to talk about so you put up some mad outlandish thing everybody's talking about him now now all of a sudden he's been linked with usman he's been linked the day he was linked with Anderson Silva, but McGregor's a master of getting people talking about. It. Even before in the UFC, people were talking mm-hmm. about him, and then in turn they started talking about SBG, and then they started talking about Cal Pendrett, and he was shining lights on a load of Irish MMA boys by him being so boisterous and telling people and calling out Dana, and he was calling out Jose Aldo when he was fucking just turned pro. And it's yeah. just it's as you said, you know, when you by the time you get to the by the time you get to the UFC, you don't want to be you don't want to be going in there, as it seems like they're doing you a favor. You want to be signed to the UFC because they want you there. You know that sort of way. They're yeah. signing you because they're like, right here's the guy. This guy's fucking coming in to fuck shit up. We're not signing a boy where we have to hand him a few feeder fights to get him on his feet. Where sort of you know. Sort of the way when they they signed they signed some of them guys coming in off that reality show that Dana started doing. They want boys coming in who who is a bit of they have a bit about them like when uh they call him Volkanovski or whatever the Australian dude. He had a name for himself mm. first of all through rugby in Australia and yeah. then then MMA, and there was always that kind of 
this his boys he's not that orthodox he made he, and then when as soon as he hit the ufc he was just fucking people couldn't handle him and now he proved that he's the yeah. champ and he's only he's actually uh Cejudo was out the other day saying he's the only fight that he'll come back for is to take to fight him for his belt which fuck yeah that, that would be uh that would be a quality one but that's it it's all about how they can market you at the end of the day it's a fucking it's a money-making machine the ufc and yeah. then you, you see people people get fights when they possibly shouldn't. It, at the end of the day, we all know what it's about. It's about fucking clicks. It's about attention. Yeah. And that's why it's just so important to have to have your brand and your, your following on point, like even before you get to the UFC. Because it's all about leverage. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's how you leverage better contracts for yourself. That's how you build a better life for you and your family. So that's just the world we live in today. There's no just keeping the head down, just fighting anymore. You've got to get yourself out there. Yeah, you were saying about featherweight, featherweight champion, cage warriors, and then defend it a few times or whatever, move on. Well, chances, you never know, fantasy matchups, people talking. James Gallagher, he's featherweight too, isn't he? He's bantamweight. He's the weight class. James Gallagher is, I am actually... And I'll put my hands up. I say I'm a big fan of James Gallagher. Yeah. Of of everything about him. Um. How how could I possibly hit on somebody as I said who's chasing the same dream as me? Yeah. And who's from down the road? He's actually we're actually friendly enough. Like I've I've known him from from the scene for years, and super super nice guy. Such a nice guy. Like as yeah. we said about personas online. Yeah. He's one of the nicest guys you'll meet. But. And he doesn't give a fuck what people no. think about him on social media because he's They're making money and he's living he's living his dream out. Yeah. I respect that. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm a, I'm a fan of James. Yeah, like, he's doing wish him, wish him well. He's doing very well. He's uh, he's managed to get, as you said, build his brand, get people talking about him, like, but get like, getting called out by fighters a lot, like way ahead of him. Like boys are talking about him. So he, he he is on everybody's lips, and then like when he comes to fight in Ireland, when he fights in Dublin, like look at look what he does, look what he sells. He's you know even though he's people, selling it to yeah, people might hate on him and might give him shit, but you still got to watch him. Like he's a phenomenal fighter. His ground game is fucking stupid. Like it's just it's ridiculous fighter. But I think people maybe an Irish thing where we like to begrudge people. It's like people that are hating on Conor McGregor now. You're just like you can't. He got That's beat. By, he got beat by Khabib. Like, yeah. But he's fucking Conor McGregor. Look what he's done for. Look what he's done for sports in Ireland. Never, never mind combat yeah. sports. But that's a that's just a general sort of way of the human psyche, isn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean they love you till they get in the top, and then they fucking hate you. Aye, aye, they love Different you for that title fight. Now when you get it, they're like, oh, he's changed. He's fucking changed. The only yeah. person they they've always <laughs> stood by is Katie Taylor for some reason. <laughs> she just can't be <laughs> wrong. <laughs> That's because she's unbelievable. Oh, she, she's the next level. Like, they're talking about... Who is it now? Oh, I say... Uh, is it Holly Homer Cyborg or someone in a boxing fight? Fuck, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think Cyborg probably kills her. Uh, I don't know about Cyborg full stop. She's fucking... Fuck, I don't know. Crazy. I, mean, I watched a few podcasts where she's on it, and she just she's fucking lit like her head's fucking... Her head is mental. <laughs> so you've planned your future. You're talking goals. You've you've actually you you've, you're talking. You've set timelines on yourself. Um, and you're training away still. 
have you got any indication when you know there might be fights for you behind closed doors or? Well, I'm hoping uh, Cage Warriors have another. They had an event scheduled for September 26th in Belfast, so I'm just hoping that 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 goes ahead. Even if it was supposed to be SSE, but I don't think like shows will allow that crowds by that stage. So I'm I'm really hoping that they just reschedule that to a behind closed or behind the closed doors event. Like I'm I'm really hoping for that, but time will tell. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm not trying to think too much into that because yeah. it gets, sort of gets me pissed off I'm sort of just focused on the day to day like just out working out working out working yeah do you, do you think do you think I got literally as soon as I reshared that story on Instagram I got like seven or eight people like fucking going mad there, but they all do sort of MMA at an amateur level because uh-huh. I'm sure just to, just like you said about out working I'm sure is there anything you would love to say to yourself or say to somebody who's amateur that would love to go pro like would love to but isn't you know what I mean isn't there yet wants to get to that level is there any advice that you would give like two three points one point anything in particular that you're like that needs said well at the end of the day the core of everything it, it's self-belief I know that sounds like fucking who was it said at that time Luke like, Rockover best thing was second the fist I believe achieved yeah. but look self-belief like I, you know yourself it, it's everything like it really really is it's the core of it's the core foundation that you need to have for MMA. Like it's such a MMA is just such an up and down sport, and it's such a, a humbling sport. Whereas like you could be maybe the best guy in the gym, most wins, like most hype, but then you go into the gym and you get absolutely battered by an amateur because he's having a good night and he's maybe better at you in this position than than you are. And like it's it's just holding that self-belief throughout 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 because you're always going to be and you're going to lose fights as well do you know what I mean especially in amateur like embrace losing losing was one of the best things that happened to me um, but yeah and look tr- trust the process trust your coaches and always seek to improve and always seek to, to to seek always find people to train with that are much better than you pretty simple like get beat up is what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah because that's how you learn the fastest. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's the same as or, uh, from my background in football when I was younger. Like you don't learn from winning. You don't like if you go out and beat teams by ten points, you're you're learning really fuck all from it. No, as you said, you want it. You yeah. want to fight against the best. You want to train with the best, and you want to. You just want to make yourself the best because you're you're in a sport where it all comes down to you. As soon as that cage door closes, it's just you. Yes, that's it. The comfort zone's a beautiful place, but yeah. nothing grows there. No, nothing grows there. But cheers, <laughs> anyway, Paul. We're going to let you go get your dinner here. I'm sure your your vegetables are ready now. The, um, the veg. I've got a very exciting dinner tonight, chicken and veg. No. The kitchen better not be on fire. Please tell me. You must be following Tony's diet if it's chicken and veg. He had me doing it for 12 weeks. I'll be fucking, I'll be sending you the bill if this place isn't fire. <laughs> no bother, Paul. Cheers for coming on anyway, and it was great to get chatting to you. My pleasure, lads.